welcome to series two of the Confidence Fighter for Girls. My name's Myrtle and in this series we're going to be discussing difference, confidence, women in tech and much more. Stay tuned and hope you enjoy. Hello, and this week I'm delighted to welcome Camilla Fittett and her daughter Kate. Miller, can you tell me a bit about yourself and your story? Oh, Myrtle, it's really, really nice to um, be here and um, to be chatting to you um, today. Um, yes, I can. And um, I have a bit of a, an unusual story. I mean, we all have our own stories. Um, but my story in terms of um, school and leaving school and beginning um, my journey into work is quite unusual because um, I didn't get on at school at all. I really, really didn't enjoy it. And I didn't um, have a subject that I particularly liked. Um, And I wasn't very good at maths. And I moved schools quite often. So I went to lots of different schools. um, And I found it hard making friends. Um, so, um, I, it wasn't sort of a happy time particularly, um, and that was quite, that was quite hard. Um, but I, so I left school after doing something called O-levels, which were the exams which we had before GCSEs came into, um, into sort of being. Um, it wasn't, that's actually, that's not quite true. I did start off on A-levels, but I only lasted two terms. And I, because I was really, really not enjoying myself. Um, and I ma- managed to get myself um, a job as a cleaner at Addenbrooke's Hospital, because I was at school in Cambridge at the time. And I ended up doing that job before completely leaving school. So I sort of gradually just sort of um, walked away from school with a few O-levels and um, no A-levels. Um, but I did know that deep down inside, I really enjoyed cooking. Um, and I went to a school in London called Leith's and I did a year's diploma there of learning how to cook. Um, and there's something funny, I think, about finding the thing that you love doing because it makes your heart beat fast and you feel you feel that you're kind of you're being your best self and I really enjoyed cooking and that was the thing that I realized that I'm good at and I call it I found my groove that's what I I found my groove and that's what I hope for Kate and I hope for all my um, friends children that they will find their groove because I don't think it matters what it is but it's that you find the thing that you that makes your heart beat fast and that you really enjoy doing. So after I'd finished my year diploma at Leith's, I went to, um, well, I did various jobs um, for uh, sort of little short periods of time, which I almost see as an extension of the training, really, at my kind of cooking training. Um, but I ended up going to something called a place called Good Housekeeping. And it was a, a magazine. And I worked there writing and developing recipes, which was really, really fun. Um, because I was working in a kitchen all day, and I was able to be creative. And then I was able to see the things that I'd written about, you know, in magazines and be part of photo shoots. So that's a brilliant time for me. But I'd done that for three years before I decided to go and take what I call a, a gap year, sort of belated gap year. And I went to go and live in the States in a city called Seattle. 
And Seattle is the most brilliant city to visit um, and live in. And um, it's it's an inspiring place because there are lots and lots of businesses that have sprung out of that city. And it's just a city that you kind of think, oh, I could achieve anything. But while I was there, I fell in love with coffee and anything that was baked. So muffins or pastries or and I just thought I want to open my um, own coffee shop. Um, but that actually didn't happen. I came back to England and I joined up with a lovely couple that had started a coffee shop in Covent Garden. And I became the person that helped make coffee and find delicious pastries or write recipes for delicious pastries or cakes or sandwiches. And, and gradually that business grew and I was able to grow with that business and um, became head of food, creating and developing delicious um, baked things, which I didn't make, but I would get other bakeries to make and supply into the coffee shops in London. Does that, does that give you a little bit of a flavour of my beginning? So how did you get from the coffee shop job to being the founder of Higgity Pies? And to listeners out there, you may have seen Higgity Pies in Waitrose or in Tesco's. Um, well, I loved writing the recipes when I was at Seattle Coffee Company for all the baked goods. And I love going around finding the bakeries to make them and supply them into the coffee shops. And an opportunity came for me to write some pie recipes. And I thought, oh, do you know, there aren't any good pies out there to buy in Waitrose, as you say. There are just sort of what I call big, blokey, beige, meaty pies that I wouldn't buy. And so I thought, I maybe I can write some recipes. And that was the beginning. And I was I co-founded the, the startup of Higgity. We built a small little commercial kitchen or bakery um, on um, in West Sussex and in 2003 we started making my recipes of higgity pies and supplying them into local so in just in West Sussex little cafes and garden centre restaurants and um, pubs and so forth and so that was really the beginning 2003 of starting out making a few not very many pies and um, not even quiches, actually. But then we then we supplied a, a coffee shop chain with their pies. And that coffee shop chain was called Eat. And they wanted to have some hot pies to sell in their coffee shops in London. And so that was the really the beginning of, Hig- of Higgity. And um, at the same time, I met James, my husband, and um, um, he was building tree houses, and he thought that making pies was a better idea than building tree houses. So he came and helped grow Higgity. So that was really the beginning, and that was in 2003. And where are we today? 2021. So it's been quite a long time making pies and quiches and sausage rolls. And now we make. Um, lots of vegan things for people who are trying to think about how much meat they eat. So a lot less meaty things um, and a lot more veggie. veggie or plant-based things because people are so concerned about the environment and are trying to not eat quite as much meat. What's your favourite pie? Oh, I'm going to go. Oh, you go first. <laughs> um, well, if I had to choose a pie, it would be the chicken pot pie because... I love chicken and it's really good. 
Mm, yeah. You like you eat the top, the lid first. The lid is so good. Um, and for me, it depends what time of year it is. So if it was winter time, I would like something that's really sort of probably meaty and um, uh, comforting. But if it's summer, I love our spinach feta and um, toasted pine nut pie. And I, it was one of our earliest recipes, and I, I don't think we've bettered it. So we've developed lots and lots of new things, and every year we bring out new things. Although actually this Christmas time we did a really good veggie Christmas pie, which had chestnuts in it and um, parsnips and oh, oh I knew no, a what, pie. What do you like? I, I like the chicken pesto one. Oh, the chicken that's pesto. Really good. Yes, I know that's a special guest it's not on all the time so does that there we are what about you Myrtle (laughs) Um, I like the bacon and cheddar quiche I think that one's really good um when you were younger were you confident no I don't I I don't know Kate and I were talking about this I don't know who was really confident because I think everybody's sort of finding their way but I definitely wasn't confident at school because I felt that the measure of confidence was really things like passing exams and um doing well in tests or being in a team or and I found all of that hard so no I wasn't and do you know what metal I wasn't at all confident around boys because I know you've got three brothers but I um had a brother one brother but he was much much younger than me and I went to girls schools so I was not confident at school and I was very much, I wasn't confident at all around boys. Kate, what does your mum tell you to do when you're feeling scared of doing something? Well, like mum has this motto and it's like, uh, do one scary thing every day. Um, And so you go out, I try and do like one scary thing every day and it should get like get a bit easier <laughs> every time you do a little bit of a scary thing. <laughs> um I'm really keen on uh, uh, of just having a go um and saying to Kate it doesn't matter um and tr- and just trying to kind of face into her fears um and then and then often she finds it's not quite as bad as you thought it was going to be is that right yeah yeah <laughs> Miller what's the biggest risk you've ever taken it's funny because when you look back, you think, oh, that wasn't, a, that actually wasn't a big risk. But somehow at the time, um, it feels like a really big risk. But I suppose probably in the very, very early days of um, the start out of Higgity, when we needed some money to fund the business, I sold my flat in London. And I think that that probably, because Higgity was so unproven as an idea, and it was all the money from my my the sale of the flat that went into the business that was pro uh, that i mean i did that twice but the first time it was probably the biggest risk um i'd i'd say i think that my parents would say that was the biggest risk <laughs> following on from that question what's the biggest mistake you've ever made Oh, do you know, I think that I can't answer that by saying there's one really, really big mistake or because I think that I make mistakes absolutely every day. I think Kate would say I make mistakes the whole time because a mistake is sort of, you know, get, you know, an error of judgment or a kind of 
yeah, it's just, it's and I and I think I do it the whole time in parenting, in even leading a meeting or not listening or I think I just do it. Kate's nodding. I I think I do it all the time, and I think I'd find it really hard to identify one thing that and actually I'm really keen on mistakes because I think that you learn from them and Kate Kate and I were talking about this um about an exam weren't we what happened to you with your chemistry exam yeah I thought I'd done like really really bad like I think I thought I like failed so bad but then like mum just said like write to the teacher and say that I feel I've done really bad and then ask for like help and Mm. then it, and I actually didn't do as badly as I thought I was going to do. And so she always says, ask for help. And yeah. it's not like a weakness asking for help. And we say that at Higgity, actually. A we- it, making mistakes and asking for help should be seen as things that are really good things, not failures. So when our team at, at work or... Kate at home, although sometimes I don't help her, but most of the time I do, asking for help. So when she felt like she'd made a mistake and not prepped for the chemistry exam and then felt like she hadn't done it well, I just said, try emailing the teacher, ask for help and see where where you land. And so I think those are the two things I've really learned as I've gone on in life. You know, uh, Kate, um, how does your mum inspire you? um well oh that's kind of hard um well she 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 does work quite hard and yeah and like she hasn't like given up with Higgity even through like the hard times that there's been but she's always like carried on and like not stopped Mm. (laughs) Milla what advice would you give to your younger self I think I'd look back on uh, my teens so the end of my teens, so that moment of leaving school and getting in a muddle with, you know, leaving my A-levels and um, and then going off to, to Leith's and then the sort of my early 20s, I'd, um, I think I just always was wishing them away. I was always hoping to be um, on to the next thing and that the next year might be a bit better. And actually, when I look back, I think, gosh, you know, I wish I hadn't wished it away. And I think that I think I spent quite a lot of time thinking, I wish I was like so-and-so. And I and I look like so-and-so. Kate and I were talking about this. Um, I said so, so, something to Kate yesterday. And she said, oh, I wish I didn't have such white skin. And I'm thinking, I spent the whole of my 20s wishing that I didn't have such white skin. Um, and that I could go brown on holiday and have a boyfriend. And I didn't go brown. I didn't have a boyfriend. So I think if I look back, I, I think I'd say to my younger self, don't worry about having white skin and not having a boyfriend. Have you ever wanted to give up? I think no not really I think I haven't got to that point but I think I haven't got to that point because I've been doing if you're specifically talking about Higgity because I've been doing it with friends so I've been partnering with my husband James and and our work 
colleague, our, our good friend. And so in it, one or other of us has been able to chivy and boy and encourage the other. And actually, um, so I haven't got quite got to that point. I, there's been moments where I haven't sort of seen an end in sight, but not that I've wanted to completely give up. What things have made you scared and how did you overcome them? Well, I think it comes back to the, you know, what do one scary thing a day? I, do you know what, Myrtle? I don't really like public speaking at all. And I think there are things, you know, standing up in front of um, the, a group of people, um, leading, funnily enough, you know, I don't think I like being... I'm number two, not number one. So I like being, um, I like being somebody's wingman, so to speak. That's the way I, the expression I use. So leading often I find quite hard, and that feels like a scary thing. What has it been like to have a mum who's always worked so hard? Um. Well, <laughs> um, she has been like from when I was one. We had like this full time nanny. Mm. And then till like, I don't know, 10? Was Probably, like 10? yeah. Yeah. Um, so that does mean mum's been out of the house a lot. Mm. But then it, it does mean I've got to like meet lots of new people and lots of been people have been in and out of the house and like mm. been better on like my social skills and all that. Mm. So, yeah. Yeah. I think um, for Kate, she hasn't had me around. And I think that's a really good question, Myrtle. And for some people listening, it might be hard when their mums are out at work um, and they're not around. Um, and I know that that has been hard. Do you know when it's hardest for Kate Kate was in the holidays? It wasn't so hard in term time, but it got harder and harder in the holidays when she was left with different people. But... It has? No, no, no. That yeah. didn't mean I got to go to lots of friends because no one, no one was here to like <laughs> v with me. Yeah. <laughs> so it has some upsides. Kate, do you get really nice f- food at home to eat? Yeah, <laughs> but but there's like a downside to getting nice food. Is like I'm now really picky on like loads of food. <laughs> <laughs> that's not very good is it because she's got used to a quality of food Myrtle which really has made her a bit spoilt thank you so much for speaking to me today this is our first mother daughter podcast and it's been amazing and Myrtle thank you so much thank you so much for for having having us us. (laughs) thank you so much for listening if you've enjoyed this episode of the confidence fighter and you're using Apple Podcasts, I would really appreciate a rating and review because this means other young girls can find this podcast more easily. Don't forget to subscribe. See you next time.